Welcome to Never End the Intermission, where we talk about the next movie we'll be subjecting Tepper to. I'm your host, Ivan. I'm Chris. I'm Jeff. I'm Spencer. And I'm Tepper. So, we just finished watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It was a really good movie. A classic. I can see why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, I mean, we've we've heard some opinions from Tepper about his opinions of musicals. Oh, musical. Oh, man. It's... I should have known it was going to be a musical. <laughs> really like should've. I should, I sh- I should have known. I should have like remembered. Like a week, a, a week before recording, Chris messaged me saying, "How can we hide the fact that this is a musical from him?" I'm like, I think that's impossible. Well, you know what? Like I, I perf- like I obviously try not to look into any of the movies that we're doing, um, and. All the like all the parts I had ever seen from that movie before, there was no singing. I mean, the most common thing to parody uh, from this is like one of the two main songs in the opening acts. So it's just so. Surprising. I would say for me, it's like the cl- thing that probably does get done most like culturally with this movie is the Oompa Loompas. Yeah, which they how, tend to sing. I how just many songs do you need to be a musical? Or is it that like the songs have to like progress the plot? Yeah, I, probably I feel like that. songs songs progressing the plot. Is... We've 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 talked about this in other ones too, because there are movies that are musicals, but the music is like not fantastic realism. It's part of the fiction. Hmm. Uh, like once, for example, is about a guy singing songs. So when he sings a song, it's not like paint your yellow wagon sort of deal where the whole town bursts into song. He's singing a song as a songwriter. Is that a musical? Pro- probably. Hmm, yeah. Same as like obviously the sound of music is, but all of those happen like distinctly. Like they they're as you say like a part of the fiction. Yeah. An easy baseline is when you sing the plot forward, it's a musical. But there are definitely things that don't necessarily do that that are very much still musicals. So, yeah, it, I think it's like a murky label to think about. Um, Wait, yeah. So does that mean Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two is technically a music <laughs> Chinese musical? I was about to ask. I feel like you probably need more than one. Okay. Like you need to be more than just going ninja. Go ninja, go ninja! Oh my god! It also like if had had the turtles been singing it while doing it, then maybe. Right. Yeah. Is it just like a background song? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's more of like a background song. So, so I feel like for our definition of musicals, like more than one song. And and it can't be like a Will Smith end credit song sort of deal like it has to i like um ivan's like it has to progress the plot idea yeah yeah like and there are definitely ones that don't necessarily do that that probably still fall under that but that's a nice easy baseline like back to the future for instance not a musical but like he very much has a musical number that progresses the plot yeah but he only has the one really like yeah music's definitely important to that movie but mostly just because it's like 
hey, remember music back in the 80s? <laughs> but yeah, you're right. He's not, like, singing the plot. Like, if he was standing up there going, like, I'm going to be in big trouble if those people don't kiss and meet each other, that would be a musical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the like, fact that he is yeah. like advancing the plot with music doesn't make it a musical. He's not. If he was actually Sebastian the Crab, yeah, it has to have some kind of like exposition. Kiss purpose. the girl. Kiss the girl. Kiss my thirsty mom. Oh man! I've... Every so often, I think back to like Back to the Future, and I just go like, "Holy shit, his mom was thirsty." <laughs> like someone, get, someone get this woman a glass of water, because goddamn. <laughs> No, that kind of thirst couldn't be solved with water. She needed a Sprite Cranberry. <laughs> like, it's... Like, it's funny, but it actually is insane. Just, like, when she's, like, creeping on him, and it's, like... Like, obviously she doesn't know, but it's, like... As, as an audience, we're like, That's your son! That's your son! This is incestuous! Stop! <laughs> Stop! Oh, it's well, creepy. We'll add it in our notes for our cultural study on why is there so much incest porn. You're doing a cultural study on that? Of course you're anyway, doing a cultural study on that. <laughs> um, so. I, I actually I came across kind of a neat thing of uh, trivia from, from Charlie and Chocolate Factory when I was looking up, sorry, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. This one's Willy Wonka? Yes, this Chocolate one's Factory. Willy Wonka because it's about Charlie. The other one right. is Charlie... And the Chocolate Factory because it's about Willy Wonka. No, and it's not about Willy Wonka. It's about Come Johnny on. Depp. Like get it semantic. Techni- so technically, it's kid, about the Oompa Loompas. The, um, the kid who played Charlie. This is his only film credit. Yeah. Yeah. And he... Um, they filmed in Germany. And he hated the experience of filming this movie. Like, even as a kid, he said it was awful. The other kids were terrible. Apparently the kid who played Mike TV was a, like, horrible terror, and everyone hated him. Um, And the only good experience he had was in this little German town, he saw some nice horses, and he really liked the horses, so he became a horse veterinarian. And never looked back at, like, and, like... Only recently has he done signings and stuff for Charlie and Charlie, like in the 2000s. Like he was like, no, I don't want anything to do with this. That's amazing. Mike Mike TV was just method acting. (laughs) (laughs) Or they're just like, show me the worst children. You're hired. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) We don't need child actors. We need bad children. I mean, like, they were really killing them, so it only made sense. <laughs> yeah, this is my favorite snuff film. Speaking speaking of snuff films, uh, we actually have a question this week. Uh, it comes from Shauna. She read it online somewhere and thought it was a great question. Uh, how would you die in the chocolate factory? Assume that you are a child and that you will die. I just want to take a moment and pat myself on the back for that segue. Ivan handled that perfectly. <laughs> pat yourself on the back for my segue. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Ivan, for your wonderful segue. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. I don't imagine many segues start with snuff films. But how many snuff films have segues? <laughs> the scene transition or the vehicle? The vehicle. 
But yeah, I was thinking, like, how can I kill someone with a Segway? Uh, okay, so death in the factory. Segway accident. <laughs> yeah, you have a Segway accident out front. Um, yeah, as as modern Willy Wonka comes out on a Segway and then tumbles forward. <laughs> I think I'd probably die in the popsicle caverns, just like impaled by a popsicle icicle. Oh, you'd be like, because I, I can never remember stalactites or stalagmites, which is which. But uh, yeah, tights you'd be like dangle, I believe. Tights go down. Yeah. yeah. So you'd be just like totally engrossed in like this one popsicle, and then like the the ceiling would shake, and you'd just get impaled. Yeah. Honestly, I think I'd just fall off the boat. <laughs> do you yeah. get seasick easily i mean no but i feel like that's really like the hard level of seasickness is that fucking psychedelic yeah black, black diamond seasickness warning that's i was uh yeah i was tempted for that one like i would just keep going back to the psychedelic boat ride <laughs> and be like no i'm gonna stay in here you guys can do whatever candy bullshit you want <laughs> show me more lizards and shit <laughs> that or uh actually i think i would go by licking the wrong wallpaper and getting lead poisoning <laughs> <laughs> it does it does taste like snozberries it's not made of snozberries <laughs> very much made of lead paint yeah like like i was thinking i would have the misfortune of finding like the couple pieces of candy that went bad eating them and just like dying <laughs> knowing my luck yeah, I'm trying to, for myself, I'm trying to think, like, what type of candy do I like the most? Because, like, when I was a kid, I ate a lot of, like, chocolate and sweets, but now I'm, like, into more, like, crunchy snacks. So, like, does he just have, like, a conveyor belt of potato chips that I'm just gonna, like, <laughs> sit in front of until I die? Probably. <laughs> he probably has that in there. Are, are potato chips candy? It's not candy, but, like, he, he has, like, they have soda. Like, the fizzy lifting drink. Like, I mean, there's no reason he isn't going to just sell everything that is addictive to children. Well, I think when you say candy, though, I don't know what, like, the correct definition would be. But, like, the connotation for me when you say candy is, like, sweets. Like, it has to be something sugary, whether that's chocolate or hard candy. I mean, like, like, technically it's a chocolate factory, but it makes many things that aren't chocolate. I I, I was going to say, and, like, we've we've spoken about how this is, like, a dystopian hyper-capitalist future. Uh, He's probably is, like, a giant food conglomerate and owns, like, all of the brands. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's... And it's all made in-house by his Oompa Then I will die from his bottled water. The free market prevails once again. (laughs) It's actually the first stage of the fizzy lifting drink. It's just like lead water. (laughs) (laughs) Health and safety got abolished years ago. I mean, you can't can't be concerned about health and safety when there's vermicious canids around. Exactly. (laughs) You have to you have to you have to force lead upon the children. It's the only way they'll survive. (laughs) The strong will live the way the Romans did it. No, just every day the Oompa Loompa who like made the least amount of candy, they just like left him outside the factory for the canids to take him down overnight. That's how they keep mm. morale up. 
Oh. That's how you keep the pack strong. <laughs> to weed out the weak Loompas. Speaking of the last thing that was said, Chris. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't you love? Oh, I'm. Uh, I have to. <laughs> Feel free to toss the the uh, transition potato to somebody else. No, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Um, oh, speaking of candy. And the systematic torture of children. It's no longer the gentleman sport it was when you just, like, stole kids off the street. If I could strangle you right now, I would. <laughs> I don't think that it's they hate children. I think they love child death. Yeah, like, he was a huge dick. It's the Batman origin story without Batman. <laughs> I love Grandma. Grandma is dope. The sexual tension just wrapped right yeah. real fast. It's because it had been like three hours since they boned down. <laughs> it's such a it's such a beautiful poetic sentiment. <laughs> Kids are like little true crime addicts. The purse is now open. Oh god! Like when she just walks out and goes like, there will be no next time. Which is not sustainable, and I suggested that they should invest into birth control methods for a long-term goal of reducing children. Thus killing all children in the world plays a lot on like the child fear of Mr. Bean? Mr. Bean? <laughs> Gravity and our boots are magic. Well no, in the soup scene. The motions flow really well actually. What do you mean you're not out of ch- <laughs> you can make more children, Ivan. Gets this real tension going. I wanna see this badass movie. Yeah. That's right. It's the witches. So please watch along, and when the episode comes out, send us any questions or comments you have to contact at downloadablezebras.com or message us on Twitter at DLZebra or search for Downloadable Zebras on Facebook. But for those listening at home, which you're now supposed to be doing, you probably realized or noticed the fact that this episode is much longer than the average. We've we've got unfinished business this intermission. It's time for Never End the Glory. Dun dun dun! Exactly. This is a frightening bracket. Oh yeah, this bracket is. Yeah. So, uh, we got seven contenders. Uh, from Happy Gilmore, we have Happy Gilmore himself. From Thumbelina, once again, the eponymous Thumbelina. Uh, from Eight-Legged Freaks, Mike Parker. We have Puxatani Phil, the Groundhog of Groundhog Day. <laughs> the most complicated <laughs> one from Clockstoppers, Zach Gibbs plus bike plus watch plus Blink-182 equals question mark, question mark, question mark. The McGill Gals from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And uh, finally, we have good old Charlie Bucket. From Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Can someone bring up to speak? Who who did it? Was it from Oh Brother? It's the McGill Gals, his seven daughters. Yeah. So. Did he have that many? I remember he had a couple daughters. He's got, there's at least five. I'm pretty sure there's seven. Yeah, sir, I don't want to dwell on the point. I just didn't remember that detail. Like, only, like, three of them have speaking roles, but there are 
more more physical humans. Mm-hmm. They'll just like mob their enemy, drag them down with numbers, and kill them. So if if people haven't heard the previous two Never in the Glories, this is where we take the arguably main characters, preferably the children. Yeah, t- typically the children, like the main the main children. And Hunger Games rules, we make them fight to the death for our amusement. <laughs> we have we have an emotional child in this one, if not all actual children. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, like, does Thumbelina have magic powers? Because it's been a while since I've seen that one, and um, I don't think, like, a fairy the size of a flower so, can really compete with... Hey, anything. don't be sizes. She does not have magic powers. Did she get wings at the end of the movie? I don't really remember. Yes, she does. Okay. Yeah, she turns into a fairy. Okay, so technically she does have magic powers, if we're assuming. Uh, Yeah, so everyone gets to typically bring their main prop, which is sometimes a living creature in the case of a luck dragon. Uh, So Thumbelino, and like sometimes they get sidekicks. It's very not set in stone. We should... Maybe think about it. But. I mean, it's arbitrary and we make the rules. Yeah, well, it has to kind of be fluid because some of them have powers, some of them yeah. have MacGuffins, some yeah. of them have a best friend that's magic. Yeah, like, so I think we should go down the line and figure out what all they're bringing to the table. So we'll start with Happy. Okay. He's got uh, a golf club. Does he? Yeah. May, maybe he has a crocodile that that wants to make out with his mom. I feel like uh, golf club plus golf ball was more than enough power for him. Well, especially because he has that, like, killer drive. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. That's thinking. his real power. Yeah. Does he have a caddy? Ooh, does he have his caddy? Maybe. That see, that, that, would, that, that, that would definitely cool. raise his power level quite a bit. Because, like, he, could, yeah. he can definitely take somebody out right at the beginning. But if he only has one golf ball, he's going to have some trouble. <laughs> His caddy's just like the machine gun operator who's feeding the bullets in. <laughs> it just he's just like happy's like taking the five steps back and just killing it, and then this guy's like like trying to get his fingers out of the way. Um, Thumbelina actually has the advantage there because he's not great at small targets at speed. He definitely true. got better at it, but not not so at his Thumbelina. Has a magic singing voice and an aura of kidnap me. Yep. She could potentially have... She could potentially have her boyfriend or one of her kidnapped boyfriends. Or the dog. Oh, not Giacomo? Oh, yeah. There's Giacomo. Giacomo's maybe yeah. the only reasonable character in that movie. But he also might just be really spinning the tail to make him seem less of a creep. Man, I really wish I had an aura of kidnap me. <laughs> just hang out with Tepper more. You maybe you can get some of his. Do I have an aura of kidnapping? I mean, there's been in the trunk for uh, yeah. almost a year now. <laughs> I wish someone else would kidnap me. Maybe I'd get nicer conditions. Okay, so Happy's got his golf club. How many? How many golf balls? And does he have a caddy? These are very important questions. Well, I guess the thing is too. Like, I used to golf a bit. So realistically, he wouldn't have anywhere near an infinite supply of golf balls. Like, you're going to bring a handful of golf balls, but you're not expecting yeah. to lose them all like in he, traps. You could assume that he's, like, going to the driving range and has, like, 30 or whatever you get in a bucket. I don't know. Oh, 30's insane. I was yeah. going to give him six. I was going to give I'm him just one saying. for every competitor. Well, I mean, 
it's not one for every competitor. The McGill gals is a little bit more than one. <laughs> yeah, but they, they're they're one com- competitor. Like if one McGill gal survives, the McGill gals win. You know, fair. Do they though? It's their it's their only real advantage is their numbers. They just rush him from across an open field. I mean, if he lines up a one. shot right, he might especially because like just get all they're all tied to a string, and one of them has to be is carrying a baby. Yeah, that's a huge disadvantage for them. The the baby will be the shield. I think this is a pretty low power group, so I think we can restrict them as kind of as much as we feel like. I don't I don't think Happy gets his yeah uh, caddy necessarily. True, I, I I agree with that. We'll give him six golf balls. Sounds good. I feel like you guys are forgetting that there's someone in this in this that can stop time. <laughs> and also two contenders that hypothetically can control time. Like, really, this is a fight between Zach Gibbs and the Groundhog. We'll get there. <laughs> oh, shit. We'll get there. Um, so Thumbelina, she has some magic powers, as we discussed. The ability yep. to fly and the ability to be kidnapped. Yes. Uh, does she get anything else? Does she have her her dog, Giacomo, the the witch that made her? That one would be weird. Yeah, I don't think we even get to see the witch. Yeah, I, we don't. It's just in the opening like storybook sequence. I think flight is pretty good. Flight yeah, and uh, kidnap aura. She's and fine. Singing voice. See, that's the thing. Like anyone who corners her is gonna feel feel inclined to kidnap her, not kill her. That's gonna yeah. be very powerful. All right, Mike Parker from Eight Legged Freaks. Uh, yeah, he's got his spider knowledge. Does he get? A, does he get? No, he never had a gun in the movie. They for some no. reason never gave him a gun. He'd be too strong. <laughs> Stop giving my kid handguns. He's too powerful. Does he have a jar of spiders? He's sure. He started the movie with that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a jar of spiders is reasonable. All right, Puxawani Phil. Just to confirm, though, we are all in agreement that the Groundhog controls time. We'll find out. Zach Gibbs, uh, there were suggestions of the of his bike, his time watch, Blink-182. I mean, he definitely gets his time watch. Like it would... I think he can have all three of those things. That yeah. seems to fly. Okay, but now, here's the, when you say Blink-182, yeah. you mean it plays in the background? Or, or, or does the band follow him band? around? Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, that I was feel like it plays in the background. They follow him around, except, I don't know if you guys know this, but Blink-182, they're all pacifists, so they refuse to fight. They are there, like serenading him though live. It's actually the main bug of the of the time stop watch is when you turn it on, Blink One Eighty Two starts playing. <laughs> it's what it's what they really wanted to fix. It makes it difficult to sneak up on anyone. <laughs> I mean, like you're going faster you're so, than them. <laughs> well, and it's so cool. Well, but right before like time stops and like someone just like breaks your neck, you just hear like all the small things. <laughs> like that is the most terrifying way to die. <laughs> yeah, but you only hear that when he's about to snap your neck. You have no time to react. <laughs> you just hear okay. this like inane buzzing, and then suddenly you can hear it clearly as you as you fall to the ground. <laughs> God. So the McGill gals have their string. Yep, that ties them and together. Numbers. Yes, I mean they have the fact that they are seven. Three of them are capable of speech. We should give them like a killer instinct. 
No, see, since they have the, their string, they can do the thing from Empire Strikes Back, where they just, like, run around <laughs> people's legs and trip them. <laughs> I mean... I like... Oh, I like the, there's more to it than that. You need to, like... There's just, like, there, the ATATs are now tripped. You also want to blow them up. But no, it's fine. Maybe one just of them's got it. a shiv. I don't know. No, that was that was a uh, Carrie, Charles, and Paul. They definitely had shivs. Uh, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have a good time. Uh, and then finally, Charlie Bucket does he get does he get his Wonka Vader? Does he oh, get the power wild. of the? See, like if he gets one single thing, it should probably be that. The Wonka Vader. Hmm. I don't know. Grandpa Joe was with him for longer of the movie. <laughs> I honestly think he should have the entire industrial might of the Wonka Empire. Like that's where we <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Him. Like it's it's very much it's a very much a Batman versus anything question of how much time did he have to prepare. What if we give him one of each of the candies? Like he has Ooh. a bottle of fizzy lifting drink. He has a uh... gobstopper. I guess those are the only two, really. He has a golden egg. <laughs> a jar of the wow. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> He has a giant video camera that can shrink somebody. He's got a boat that gives you acid trips. <laughs> yeah, it's very much a question of, like, did he know this was happening? Because, hmm. I mean, obviously the Walkivator is very strong. Unless he, it gets its windshield uh, taken out by a straight golf ball. I would say, because the problem with giving anyone prep time is they could, you know... Even though it's something they don't have in the movie, they could reasonably do something like within their cinematic universe. So like, mm, yeah, something. I think it would. It's the kind of thing where like you know, like you wake up or like you are just like snap one day magically transported to this field or this coliseum wherever we're doing these battles, and then we just go, hey, you six to eight people, like you you got what you have in your pockets. See now, picture this: uh, the end of the end of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Where they're going off in the Wonka Vader, and then suddenly it like lands in Hunger Games, and Wonka just gets out and climbs up into the stands. <laughs> He's like, one final test, Charlie. Oh my god. See, I actually death. think Grandpa Joe would be more of like a hindrance, because I think like Grandpa Joe would just take the coward's way out and just be like, yeah. we're not gonna make it, Charlie, like... And then he just well, like, and, runs off and dies. And he he would give like actively bad advice to Charlie because like all his advice throughout <laughs> the whole movie was awful. I think Grandpa Joe's the wild card. Like sometimes <laughs> he is the one who's showing up, going like, "Quick, do this," and it is actually like randomly exactly the thing you should be doing. And the other half of the time he's just like, "I have no idea how to do this, and maybe I'll just make it worse." Okay, so I think if he gets the golden elevator, that's OP. But if he gets, if he has to take, if he has to drag Grandpa Joe along too, then that evens it out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, give them both. That seems fair. Yeah, that's a good compromise. I like that. Charlie's just like stomping people with the elevator and Grandpa Joe's <laughs> like, Oi, this isn't good for my hips. Like, Charlie, take me back to the store. I need to use the bathroom. I don't think Grandpa Joe sounded like that. No, what? You don't remember that movie? Oi, vey, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, the next the next important question that I don't think we've asked before: Do any of them have any knowledge of these other contestants, or is this literally just you are here now? You must fight to the death. 
You are yes. here now. You must fight to the death. Sounds good. Because I'll, I'll, it'll be interesting to see... Because, I mean, like, Happy's going to go right for it. But it'll be interesting to see who he perceives as the biggest threat. Well, he's just destructive. He's just a... Yeah, he's yeah. Just, he, we'll just a violent man. Yeah. So, yeah. With that, uh, we are ready to begin. Yeah. I don't actually remember how we did it last time. I think Tepper uh, just kind of decides and we, like, we give our opinions. We kind of did, yes. like, collaborative... Yeah, we did a collaborative uh, storytelling. That's true. Yeah. yeah. You, you you definitely lead the discussion, though. We kind of cajole you if we don't think something makes sense, yeah, yeah. Is, is my memory of... All right. Because uh, last... Last time you just your you wanted to kill Carrie Charles and Paul. That yes. was your agenda. Yes. We had to like navigate the story around. You guys that. are trying so hard to be like, no, 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 no. They would they would live through that. I'm like, no, they are dying. I will bury them. Um. Yeah. So we see a large open field with like stone pillars, I guess, and our seven quote unquote contestants. Uh. At, just uh, just as <laughs> not yet it's, the time hasn't stopped <laughs> sorry keep going uh and just like uh willy wonka like gets into a booth and just like pulls out pulls out his golden wonka pistol and fires <laughs> the golden wonka pistol nice I so like yeah i like happy is going to go straight for this like that's yeah He's an idiot and violent, a perfect combination for this fight to the death. Like, Zack is probably the most threatening individual, being almost an adult male. Yes. Yeah, like, like I would say the two most powerful contestants by far are Happy and Zack. Oh yeah, but I just mean like from the physical stance, like yeah, yeah, if yeah, Happy yeah. is sizing up all these characters. How, how, how big of an arena do they start in, like... Can you even see Thumbelina? Is it just look like an empty podium? I feel like you don't. Yeah, I feel like you don't even see Thumbelina because, like, like I feel like it should be. I mean, like, think of like battle royale arenas. Yeah, well, like, yeah. The, they they vary, but yeah, probably like at least like minimum hundred feet between each one or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, you want to give like yeah. this would be very different if it was PUBG and like Charlie could camp in his glass <laughs> elevator with a good sniper. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe maybe in the future we'll think about uh, weapon drops. <laughs> the Wonka rifle. It's a railgun that shoots gumballs. If Charlie ha- did have like some of the candy that wasn't like finished yet, he could just be like, "Hey guys, no, I see we shouldn't fight. Like here, have an everlasting gobstopper." And then like you know, you turn into a blueberry, and he just like stabs you. <laughs> Happy Gilmore, we totally just, fall for that. He just gives you some fizzy lifting drink, and you just float into the sky. <laughs> See, that's that's another thing, though, is unless they're, like, compelled to feel violence and want to hurt each other, like, wouldn't Thumbelina just fly away? I mean, she could totally she just, She could like, try. Yeah. She's really bad at it. Though, to be it's fair, true. we only saw her get flight at the very end. I mean, she's bad at getting away from people in general, though. Yeah. Well, so I think, based on the way the Thumbelina cannon works, I think Puxatani Phil has to try to kidnap her, because he's the nearest animal. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I agree with that. So, like, so, like, Happy is definitely going to drill a ball straight for Zach Gibbs, not, oh, not knowing that he can stop time, <laughs> which is okay. going to come in very handy. Um, several questions. Firstly, okay. can does does the groundhog 
have the power to make you relive a given period of time until you become a better person? (laughs) (laughs) That is the question. Because it seems to me, like, what happens is, if Thumbelina has the power of being kidnapped by animals, the groundhog kidnaps her, but obviously the groundhog kidnapping her is, you get to relive, like, today until you become the perfect version of yourself, which means that she walks into this having done this a million times? (laughs) (laughs) oh my god like she already knows exactly what's gonna happen oh she she just went from the weakest to the most op in a couple seconds i i I really like that idea that's really good that's very strong well especially because in this instance the like a better or like perfect version of herself wouldn't be like Oh, like I'm gonna go help everyone out. Like the in this point, what helps Puckstawani Phil is the perfect version of Thumbelina is a battle hardened warrior who's gonna like <laughs> drop rocks on you from a mile up in the sky. I don't know. I guess that's an important question. She like punches pressure points on your neck and like kills you. It, uh is Puckstawani Phil is he benevolent? Is that why he subjects people to this? Or like does he do it for his own amusement or betterment? Like is he Powering up Thumbelina so that she'll win because that is what he views as the most positive outcome? Or is he just, like, getting her there and then at the end will just, like, snap her neck? See, I definitely saw it from the perspective of um, he has the power to do this to people. He is compelled to do it to Thumbelina by her power of being Kidnapping kidnapped. Kidnapping aura. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Like, like he, he, she basically has, like, charm groundhog. <laughs> And he kidnaps her the only way he knows how. Um, which is to time kidnap her. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Because like I, the thing, because like because the because the the fight will keep resetting as long as Thumbelina dies, basically, or until she wins, presumably, or, or until her defeat betters her as a person, because she could come to accept the fact that she can't win. Which would yeah. be character growth. Hmm. But but I, I do I do really like this like this thread here of uh, yeah. the two of them doing that. Especially because Thumbelina in the movie Thumbelina does not learn anything or grow at all. No. So oh, this brings up my second question, which is to do with how literally we're going to interpret the conservation of momentum when it comes to stopped time and golf balls. <laughs> <laughs> because we see several times in the movie clock stoppers that like if they like grab an object in hyper time and then like drop it it has like new hyper time physics and it like loses <laughs> all of the energy that it had however there are also times where like people throw things and then it like does continue on so i guess that's the question because like you for have example, to touch it before hyper time is how that yeah. worked no sorry more what i mean is is um Okay, so Happy shoots the ball at Zach Gibbs. Zach Gibbs freezes time. Can he rotate the ball so it now shoots in a different direction? Yes. Oh, yeah. So he can, like, take the momentum the ball already has and, like, and and, and redirect it there. Yep, that that is something he would be capable of. Yeah, I agree with that. So my canon now, though, is that he's not smart, so he screws it up. And the ball goes and kills someone in Blink-182. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking it hits one of the McGill girl, uh, girls. Is it McGill or McGill? It's McGill. Well, I guess the question is, who would he go after given infinite time to think? 
Uh, it's not quite I, infinite, but yeah, it's pretty pretty good. I, I feel like I feel like Happy would be the obvious target. Like he's got a golf club and a golf ball and a very good swing. Yeah. And like with with Happy going after him initially, he'll like stop time, be like, "That person is the active threat to me. I need to go deal with them." Really though, even with he's only got six golf balls, and it's hard enough playing golf to not only hit the ball but get it to go where you want. I don't think Happy could actually hit like another person. He he is supremely lucky. Like I mean, like think about all the stuff that happens in the movie. Like he should never have been able to do whatever. Like all the stuff that he did. Well, and if he has all his powers from the movie, he has the end of the movie. Happy can putt. Uh, yeah, like Rube Goldberg machine putt powers. It's true. I think something else to consider is that Zach Gibbs would not necessarily want to take out Happy right away because obviously he doesn't himself have a projectile weapon, but he obviously has the power to to use Happy against other people. There is also oh, like okay, he also has to like rotate it by hand and get the right angle. Like that isn't going to be easy or like obvious if you did it right. Right, but you could definitely, like, so follow me here, you could make it, like, zigzag, right? Where you, like, let it go and then immediately yeah. hyper time again and go, like, okay, so it shot off in this direction. I fucked it up. I have to rotate it. <laughs> oh my god. It's like a puzzle game for him. Uh, I'm just saying, cause, yeah, we, so we've, we've kind of dealing with Thumbelina and Puxalani. Thumbelina Phil. and Puxalani Phil are on their own adventure yeah, for a little Yeah, they're doing their thing. So I feel like Zach Gibbs versus... Happy Gilmore. And what's what's Mike Parker in the Jar of Spiders? Oh, we didn't incorporate the Jar of Spiders also could be in Thumbelina, like, have to kidnap Thumbelina. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay. Uh, first golf ball headed straight for Zach Gibbs. Suddenly, shattering of a glass jar of spiders. <laughs> <laughs> At which point... We snap to, like, enlightened Thumbelina. <laughs> and then the spiders from the get cave. her. But she knows the spiders are coming, because they always come for her. So it's just this brutal, one, like, one via dozen fight of her just, like, killing and dismembering these spiders. And yeah, like, well, she no, knows the point, pattern. She knows exactly yeah. what they're going to do. So she's just, like, Johnny. Yeah, she, she's stuff. like, she'll, like, tear the fangs off one, stab them into another, like, rip one's leg off, yeah. throw him onto the next one. Yeah. Like She ends this face. riding the biggest spider. Yeah. Into into battle. Um, I know how I want Zach Gibbs to die. It's not oh, going to happen yet. I can bring okay. it, I can mention it now, or... Yeah, yeah, like, like mention it now. All right. This. Hypertime and resetting the day don't mix well together. Oh no. <laughs> Every time Buxawani resets the, the day when he's in hypertime, he continues to age. That's good. I like that. This, this is some really good time, like, time shenanigans going on. That's <laughs> why you well, don't mix again, two though, forms of time travel. <laughs> that would also dangerous. mean that, like, literally in, in. So, like, on turn one, right? Zach dies. <laughs> not, not, not yet. Sort of. But like, yeah. <laughs> you have to remember that, like, every time, like we, the time hasn't happened. It hasn't come yet. But like, 
okay, so are we really going to go through, like, the thousand versions where Thumbelina fails to grow as a person? It seems to me like we, we immediately snap into the version of the world that has been looped. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I like that, but, like, I feel but, like, like Zach obviously Zach Gibbs yet. got to use... Hypertime at least once, which is why the golf ball still gets redirected. Yeah, yeah. What I feel like happens is, like, once Poximani Phil is done with perfecting Thumbelina, he turns to Zack. Zack tries to hypertime him. Poximani Phil, being the, like, omnipotent being that he is, wins <laughs> out. Zack ages, dies. But, the, but that will happen later. Yeah. So, we've got many, many uh, threads going. But who will be the first to die? Blink-182. Please, just give me <laughs> yeah, this Yeah, I think one. <laughs> we're watching Blink-182 age like the end of uh, Indiana Jones, like Tom DeLonge and Mark Hoppus are just like turning into dust and skeletons oh and their skin is melting off their faces. All the small things. <laughs> Alright, it's official. Blink-182 is the first to die. Rip Blink 182. So the bike is rusting. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I feel like we can talk about Mike Parker, the Mill Gill gals, Charlie, Grandpa Joe's probably just like, look at all those kids over there, Charlie, go play. Yeah, I feel like it would be like a three-way battle between Charlie, the uh, Gill gals, and Mike Parker for like dominance. Yeah, depending on uh, depending on Charlie's ability to use the Wonka Vader and how helpful Grandpa Joe wants to be. He could probably. Or if Grandpa probably Joe was trying to steal the Wonka Vader. Yeah, like yeah. What what I what I what I really want is the McGill uh, gals um, run down Mike Parker with sheer numbers and kill him. I'm not sure how or why. I mean, they but... just they just tie him up in the string and just strangle him. Yeah, they they yeah, strangle yeah. him with their rope. Yeah, like they they just like they like just. Like, like he, you know, like, he punches a couple of them off, but they just, like, keep climbing up and dragging him down, and then, like, one of them goes, like, behind him and starts, like, strangling him and just... Probably the baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just, like, shh. All right. So is Mike Parker oh, our, our first official contestant to perish? Yeah, I think so. Sorry, Mike. Shouldn't have brought a jar of spiders to a time fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really fucked that one up. Do we, yeah. do we lose any McGill gals in this process? Um, probably one or two. One of the unnamed. Yeah, ones. I'll I'll say at least one or two go down. All right, there's five left. One of them's a baby. <laughs> out, out of context, never in the story. Um, I just realized that we have had several time power people. Like, we could do an all stars of like people who've traveled through time. <laughs> Oh, that'd be good. Definitely something to consider. Uh, so now I would say, like, the next obvious matchup is uh, Miguel Gals versus Charlie. So I'm not sure how powerful the Wonka Vader would be in this, so I'm going to kind of leave this to you guys to decide who kind of takes this round. Well, it the Wonka Vader is insane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, it has a bu- it's one of those things that has a button that does everything. It's like okay. a Batmobile sort of deal. Yeah. Like it is, it's more. It can do. It could do everything that the watch is doing, and more. Okay. Like press this button to to listen to Blink One Eighty Two for some reason. Oh my god. Well, I don't think from what I remember, because I read quite a few Roald Dahl books, the elevator 
doesn't travel through time. Like, he like, can do stuff in, like, space, and I don't know how he got the Oompa Loompas out of their dimension. But, like, it's really just a strong elevator that doesn't actually have to have an elevator shaft. It's really just like a flying car. Yeah, well, as as described in the movie, it can travel all ways. That would include time ways. Well, I think he just, by all ways, he meant it doesn't just go up and down. It, like, can also go... Like, it can travel on, like, X, Y, and Z. It can't travel in the fourth dimension. Okay, so, so here's here's my, like, off, off the top of my head idea. Miguel Gals finish with their uh, brutal ritualistic murder of uh, Mike Parker. Uh, the Wonka Vader just lands on them. Yeah, and, like, Grandpa Joe comes out. He's like, where where's the tobacco? <laughs> <laughs> my God. Should have sold him. Oh, my God. Fuck. Charlie is, like, gripping the sides of his head, looking at the bloody sides of this <laughs> what glass What have I elevator. done? What have I done? Well, remember, it's a yeah, glass right, elevator. Charlie, you did it. So yeah. it's not like yeah. you just threw a boulder on top of them and you can't see it. Like, you can see all the gory squish bits <laughs> and parts of yes. their distorted faces left under the glass floor. Grandpa Joe, that's a baby. See, we killed a baby. I think that... Don't worry, Charlie, I killed plenty of babies in the war. <laughs> oh my god. See, I think the Wonka Vader crash just re-cripples Grandpa Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I, for real, he's going, I can't I walk for the Joe. first for time ever. Time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, really, Grandpa man. Joe. We heard that before. Charlie, I need tobacco. I can't feel my legs. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so okay. we, we now have three individual fights all involving time travel. Yes. Yeah, okay, so... Miguel Girls are done, Mike Parker's done, Blink-182 is done. I feel like six golf balls just, like, take out the glass elevator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just puts them through, like, all the windows. Well, more more, more so, Zach probably does. And, like, oh, he's yeah, yeah, probably even, like, aiming for, like, Grandpa Joe and Charlie, and they just, like, damn it, off, off by an inch. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Grandpa Joe, no, okay, so Grandpa Joe stumbles out of the elevator half crippled. Then a golf ball hits him in the spine. He is now fully crippled. Oh, no. <laughs> Charlie, like, le- like, is leaning over him, like, tears coming out of his eyes, like, holding his hand as he can feel the heat sap out of Grandpa Joe's slowly dying body. And then, like, as the camera, like, shows us Charlie's face from below, like, contorted in, in emotional anguish. A golf ball just, like, blows off the top half of his head. <laughs> Fucking Christ. Charlie's or Grandpa's? Charlie's. <laughs> Both of those options would have been good. Yeah, but yeah, oh. I think, like, yeah, Char- Charlie's done his job. He killed a bunch of kids. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know what? Yeah. That uh, is what his mentor trained him to do. <laughs> yes. That works on so many levels. Um, yeah, and then he slumps over dead. Alright, so far our list is Blink-182, Mike Parker, the McGill Gals, Grandpa Joe, and then Charlie. <laughs> okay, so... You, you just see up in the stands, like, Wonka rips up a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> rips up a golden ticket. He's like, I guess you weren't the one, Charlie. Guess I gotta start all over again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so, now what we, who we've got left is... We've got Thumbelina... We've got, um... Pumpelina riding a spider. 
Yeah. Yes, yes. We've got uh, Happy Gilmore. Running, Phil. running like probably out of golf balls at this point or nearly. Yeah. And um, Zach Gibbs. So we've got four to go. Uh, yeah, so I would say, like, Happy's probably down to, like, two golf balls. He's been trying to, like, peg Zach, but, like, Zach's riding his, his bike and listening to Blink-182, although Blink-182 is now dead. Yeah, I feel like, like, Zach is definitely gonna keep using, using the, the Happy, Happy machine gun as long as he can. Yeah. But I think at this point, Thumbelina knows what, what she needs to do and, and take, and take out Happy. Yeah, yeah, I think it's time. Um, now, like, do you think that her character growth demands that she sacrifice herself? So what I'm thinking is, is he's, like, like happy sitting at the back. Like, he's got his, his driver. He's hitting these balls. And, like, slowly a spider crawls up his back to his neck. And then sinks its poisonous fangs into his neck. Venomous. Venomous fangs into his <laughs> neck. So we're saying that these spiders, like, are venomous. Because there's a ton of spiders out there that can give you, like, a really nasty bite. But it'll just, like, make the flesh in that area die. Like, it won't kill you. As soon as uh, Mike made it out of his terrifying situation in America with giant spiders, his family went on a vacation to to Australia and he was collecting venomous spiders. (laughs) Because he's a fucking weirdo. He is a fucking weirdo. It's the only way I can feel alive, man, is when those spiders are they're crawling on me. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, he was, was probably abducted a... from Australia with, like, he's, like, putting a venomous spider into a jar. Um, but yeah, so, so sinks the venomous fangs into Happy's neck. He either slowly dies or is paralyzed. He, he makes an uh, Adam Sandler noise. He goes like, oh, oh. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, I hate him so much. Alright, you could say that, like, he's swinging around, like, the golf club trying to get it off of him, and he, like, hurts himself. Just smashes the driver into his face. He dies. By his own hand. And and there was much rejoicing. Yes. So the crowd goes wild! Wow, you guys are all a bunch of Shooter McGavins. (laughs) Finger Any day of the week. Think about how his grandma feels. Happy, finally, finally yeah. free. So yeah, at this point, I mean, we, we can go. We can kill his grandma too, if you want. Like, no, <laughs> she was one of the only good characters in that movie. Yeah. Uh, at this point, Zach Gibbs' uh, yeah, heart probably gives out as the sudden, as the sudden, like uh, paradoxical amount of time catches up with him. Yeah, well, I, I'm almost kind of imagining him doing, like, full-on, like, biking for Puxawani Phil, and then, like, Puxawani Phil being the, yeah. obviously, omnipotent. It's just, like, a wind chime noise and a close-up of Puxatani's like, black beady eye. <laughs> yeah. Zach Gibb starts aging incredibly quickly. It's the, yeah. It's the the reaction gopher or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and like like the turns bike and looks the, at him, and he just turns the, to dust. The bike like slowly rusts and like falls to pieces as like Zach ages on top of it, becomes like sickly, and then just like falls to the ground and dies. Well, as he's like doing a sweet trick, but turning into a skeleton while he does the trick. <laughs> oh, that's so fucking yeah, rad. That, that yeah, it's better well, than he deserved, it. but I'm cool with it. <laughs> so. As we as we had to, had discussed briefly earlier, is Puxitani benevolent? 
Is, oh, are he... we down to just Puxatani and Thumbelina? We are. Oh, man, this is not how I thought this would happen. Yeah, okay, so... Okay, so here here's my thought process for this, of, like, both him be... Like, I could see a case for both him being benevolent and also him not being benevolent. Yeah. Um, and, like, Thumbelina's definitely lived both timelines. Yeah, so I'm thinking, let's all vote. That seems fair. Benevolent or not benevolent. Can, I, can we explain ourselves before we vote? Because I definitely yeah, yeah. have a thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah sure. I don't think he's benevolent because, uh, again, there's different predictions for how long uh, Bill Murray's character spends in Groundhog Day in the time loop. So there's some things that say, like, okay, it's it was a few years. There's some things that say, like, it was, like, possibly hundreds of years. And I'm I'm on the shorter end of that. Like, I think he was stuck in there for, you know, maybe a couple years. But Puxtawani doesn't let him out until he pretty much solves everyone in town's problems in one day. Where I feel like he had the resolve to be a better person and want to help people, like... Like, obviously, we see him go through kind of, like, multiple yeah. stages of, like, you know, first he's just being a dick, and then he starts trying to, like, actually kill himself to escape, and then when that doesn't work, he finally starts being nice to people. But I think around the time when he would have, like, mentally, you know, flipped that switch in his brain, Pucks Dewani Phil, if he's not just, like, uh, like you know, all-powerful, but also all-knowing, would yeah. go, like, okay, now he's a good person, I should let him out, and hopefully he learns his lesson. But yeah. no, Puxtawani Phil kept him in there until he was like, no, you can't just be like a 90% good person who has like a bad day. Yeah. You need to get 100%. Okay, okay, that's I can see fair. this. So that's my, that's just my take on it. Like, I'm voting okay. hard no. That's that he good. is not, not, not nice. I I see Puxtawani Phil then as like a Harlan Ellison, I have no mouth and I must scream like... <laughs> A malevolent supercomputer that tortures people for its own. Oh my god! Like he has complete control and omnipotence over these people. I don't. I don't see any benevolence in that. In that uh, little rodent. All right, we Holy got two shit. votes for no, guys. It's the fact that he eventually releases him. Like that gives him some semblance of benevolence. Yeah. I mean, maybe he does. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Groundhog's Day Two. He's now living a week. Oh my god. Okay, so we've got two votes for he is not benevolent. Spencer, you're the one who brought this to us, so what do you think? I think I think that he is not benevolent, uh, because clearly he was trying to use his power against Thumbelina for ill. Like, I think that kidnapping, by definition, is a harm. See, and now, he was trying to kidnap her. What if by living this, this day over and over again to, tr- to force a be- uh, betterment, he ends up bettering himself. I think that's like his tragic curse. <laughs> <laughs> Is that he can't. I uh, see. Yeah. It's quite the excuse to give to give to the police. <laughs> no, you see I want to be a better person. I just can't be a better person. I'm incapable of it. That's why I killed all those people. I don't know. I I like I like uh uh Chris's go of like, yeah malevolent supercomputer that just hates humanity yeah i didn't really have a solid opinion going in i was leaning slightly benevolent but there is a strong malevolent opinion and i'm cool with that yeah like i for me i was like either one of these is amazing so i'm good with either one uh so i guess malevolent it is because we got three votes yeah but does that mean he wins (laughs) Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yes. like, yeah, yeah. Well, he's just too potent, he can't. 
he can't lose against a spider riding thumble flying thumbelina. I, I guess the question really is is how much power like how much control does he have over the power? Because like then let's imagine that like Thumbelina's best self defeat is is a self that defeats Puxatani Phil. Oh yeah, yeah. exactly. She, like, she, that's the kind he of can only that. make her into her best self. Yeah, like if, if his yeah. power is literally to create the best self in someone through forced reliving, like then she probably defeats him, right? Well, like, well, the question yeah. is: is does Thumbelina grow more as a character through defeat or through victory? I think she finally has to realize that only she can truly kidnap herself. <laughs> yeah, the only kidnapping that matters is the one that you choose. <laughs> Consent is important. Now, so yeah, I think like with that, like she would have she would have to beat him. Like, yeah, because she's she's her perfect self. Because like and like it almost certainly involves many failed attempts over and over again, like getting to this point and not knowing what what needs to be done. Yeah, so she finally like hits the point of like I know how to defeat him. I know exactly what to do. Yeah. Okay, so so, like, so yeah. what is it? What is the perfect thing to do? She plays the piano. We've, she speaks French. We've been recording this podcast for 10,000 years. What What is the perfect thing? We should know by now. We've had to keep reliving it. Maybe she just, like, grabs him and falls into the reactor core. <laughs> what reactor core? In which one of these movies, Spencer? We're in the fucking Hunger Games now. <laughs> I guess there's a reactor core. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe when the watch gets trapped in the time loop, it just starts something bad. Yeah. It creates a reactor core. It creates... <laughs> uh, Tom DeLong brought it from his uh, UFO studies. No, see, so I, th- I think as we see like Willy Wonka tear up his ticket and leave, he, for- he forgot his Golden Wonka pistol. And she takes the Golden Wonka pistol and shoots him? No, she just strangles the groundhog. It was a red herring. <laughs> Turns out groundhogs are weak to strangling. They can't... They're, they're stubby little arms. They can't get your hands off of them. She has her spider, like, uh, make a tiny spider silk noose. <laughs> yeah, or I was thinking she grabs, like, the uh, McGill girls. Uh, oh, the string. Thing. Yeah, like, like, through thousands of failed attempts, she, like, picks up pieces from, like, like she's got the spider from uh, Mike Parker. She picks up the string from the uh, McGill gals. She, uh, she picks up one of Uncle Joe's cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sticks it in the rat's eye. <laughs> yeah, like, she uses, like, the, like the uh, cigarettes to, like, blind the groundhog. Um, and then, like, strangles it. Alright. As Blink-182 plays in the background. Good job, Thumbelina. They yeah. survive. It's impressive. Congratulations, Thumbelina. Congratulations, Thumbelina. Is this Highlander rules? Does she does she gain Puxawani's power? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if that... you kill Puxawani, oh, really? he's, a, he's a Sith Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, They're always a rule of two. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> there is no peace, there is only passion. So whoever wins the next one can be like Thumbelina's apprentice. <laughs> oh my god. Well, so who are who are who are our three contenders right now? 
Uh, our winners, well, our winners are Thumbelina, Ferris Bueller and his yep. cult of personality, and Marty and Daniel, because they fell in love. Yeah. Oh, right, Ferris Bueller. Oh, wow. I d- Thumbelina is a dark horse in this race. Yeah, very much so. She really won off the back of the groundhog. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's the thing, though. If, if she now has the groundhog's power, if she wants to use the time loop, she pretty much has to make someone else win because she has to make them more complete than her. Or or she has to, like, find someone who would be bettered by losing to her. Yeah, maybe that's mm. the... How do you play yeah. that logic? It'll be interesting to find out in... 40 like episodes? five months? Yeah. <laughs> Less than 40 We'll episodes, get there. But... We'll get there, and it will be amazing. Actually, I guess it's not less than 40 episodes. <laughs> it is <laughs> It is distinctly quite yeah, we would 20, have... 28 episodes or whatever. Damn. Or, I just really no, want to see now, like, seven. Thumbelina goes full Rambo. Yeah, well, that's the thing. So, like, <laughs> Tiny Rambo. She has Thumbelina 2, there will be blood. She has all this time now where she can learn and prepare for the next for the next time and become the best she like puts herself through a time loop i think i think like we we fade on thumbelina standing over over a malfunctioning time watch oh <laughs> <laughs> all right she yep. fucking did it that End was, credit that scene was great samuel jackson shows up <laughs> yeah <laughs> The no. Never End the Glory Initiative. Willy Wonka shows up. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, you know I've like, got I a golden ticket for you. Going into this, I definitely didn't expect her to win. No, very much not. <laughs> I I thought Puxawani Phil or Zach would take it. We weren't going to give it to Zach. I think we all know. I know, I know. Uh, but like Spencer gave a really good case for what would happen. Between I feel a little characters. bit bad for Charlie because. Well, no, he ran over the girls first. But maybe <laughs> yeah. that was Grandpa Joe. It was definitely like, Grandpa Joe. Yeah. If he didn't have Grandpa Joe, he would have had a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Wonka should have kicked Grandpa Joe out of the glass elevator when they were high above that German town. <laughs> <laughs> and now to remove the baddest influence in your life, just throw some out. You don't need family anymore, Charlie. <laughs> you have me. You have industry. And the Oompa Loompas, Charlie. The power of capitalism, Charlie. There, you're real there are no Charlie. friends, only competitors. Yeah. Uh, with that. Never end the glory. Uh, and as always, you can find us on downloadablezebras.com. And a special thanks to 8 Jazz for the use of our theme song. You can find them on YouTube or follow the link in the description. Thank you.